I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Monday, January 15th. I'm Michael Guidry in for Desiree Frazier, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, severe cold is expected across much of Mississippi. Meteorologists say it could be more than 20 degrees below freezing. Then the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency shares tips on how to stay safe during the severe cold. Plus, on this state holiday, Mississippi officially recognizes two iconic figures, one a civil rights leader, the other a Confederate general. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Severe cold temperatures are sweeping across Mississippi with ice and snow being spotted in and around northern parts of the state. Joining us by phone this morning is Eric Carpenter, Senior Meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Jackson. Good morning, Eric. Yeah, good morning. So North Mississippi is under a winter storm warning. Um, There's a significant threat in central Mississippi, hard freeze warning. Um, Just kind of north to south, what are the conditions looking like this morning? So we're up in uh, northern portions of Mississippi into northwest, the upper Delta region, and we're seeing uh, heavy amounts of snow and uh, sleet falling. And uh, so far, uh, we're seeing reports of about four to six inches of snow in uh, far northern Mississippi, closer to the Tennessee border. Uh, from there, southward, it gets uh, a little more of a mix uh, with sleet. So you're seeing a lot of sleet in the totals as you go uh, through down to about the Highway 82 corridor. We're seeing some heavy totals of sleet down to that area. And then further south, we're looking at the development of some uh, freezing rain that's uh, currently over Louisiana. We're expecting that to push eastward across uh, roughly the southern half of Mississippi, uh, and then especially along the I-20 corridor in south. Uh, as we go later into this afternoon and evening. It appears there's going to be uh, a window of perhaps some more moderate amounts of uh, freezing rain that move through, say, in late afternoon to early evening in the uh, the Vicksburg to Jackson area and then further east towards the Meridian area um, as we go later into the evening. And then with the colder air moving in, the temperatures are going to be near freezing over southeast Mississippi, and we're concerned about uh, freezing rain even further south, uh, all, almost all the way down to the, the coast. 
And the, for the next 36 hours, we're looking at like, sustained temperatures uh, for much of the state below freezing. And, and if that's the case, what kind of hazards um, go along when temps stay this low? So really, you know, the ultimately uh, one of the bigger impacts, if not the biggest impact with this whole event, will be temperatures and wind chills. Uh, we're currently running uh, a lot of north the north half of Mississippi hasn't uh, they've been below freezing for the last couple of days and uh, temperatures are down they've been hanging around the teens um, this morning uh, even some single digits up towards Memphis and then as you go further south some of that freezing air is starting to kind of push more to the southeast and it looks like a lot of uh, wet, say roughly along the northwest of the Natchez Trace Corridor those areas will likely stay just below or uh, even well below freezing in some cases uh, through today. And then we're looking at the much colder temperatures starting to push all the way down through the state as we go through tonight. Uh, tonight we're seeing some of the new guidance shows teens getting uh, well south through the state tonight. And uh, and then Tuesday looks to be about the coldest day, uh, when we, especially when you look at the wind. Um, we're really concerned about wind chills with uh, readings getting uh, below zero to uh, uh, across much of the northern and central portions of Mississippi and into the single digits um, further south. So this is a, a high-impact event in terms of the cold weather. You mentioned, you know, wind chill not being a concern. What, what dangers can extreme cold like this pose to people who either need to work outside or, or live in places that, that don't have central heating? Yeah, so that uh, you know, hypothermia is is a has been a big issue here before. Um, this is definitely the kind of event um, where we're we're concerned about that. Um, we have had fatalities before, especially like you mentioned, the folks who have don't have much heating. Um, they're in compromised housing, and um, they're not just not prepared for this. Uh, we we definitely encourage people. To, uh, if you have uh, elderly neighbors, friends, or relatives, uh, definitely you definitely want to check in on them and make sure they're they're doing okay. Um, for people working outdoors, uh, you definitely want to wear uh, dressing layers, cover your head with uh, you lose a lot of heat through your head. Uh, cover your head with a hat, wear gloves. Uh, when you get wind chills that are down that low, especially. Uh, single digits to down below zero, you can get uh, frostbite um, in a matter of minutes. Um, it, you know, it's just really cold stuff. We're not used to it, but uh, when it happens, it's, it's definitely highly impactful. And um, when can we expect the, the, the temperatures to at least return to something that's more average for this time of year? So it looks like right now, it looks like the coldest night is going to be Tuesday night when we uh, the whole the whole entire state sees the their lowest temperatures, but once you go into Wednesday, uh, this air mass is going to modify pretty quickly, and we'll have the sun come out, and we should see temperatures by the afternoon get to more um, uh, typical levels that we would see here in the midwinter, um, with readings getting above freezing for for much of the state at that point. Um, but I will just to let you know, I will. Make sure I want to make sure people know that there's a um, another surge of cold air that 
looks like it's going to come in late week. Uh, it doesn't look as cold as this one, but it's going to be pretty significant as well. All right. Well, Eric Carpenter, Senior Meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Jackson, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're most welcome, and uh, keep warm. Thank you. And there is a state of emergency uh, in place issued by Governor Tate Reeves regarding the freezing temperatures and severe winter weather. Coming up, the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency shares tips on how to stay safe during the severe cold. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. Please join me and my colleagues for the Mississippi Arts Hour, where we have in-depth conversations with different creative Mississippians. That's the Mississippi Arts Hour, Sundays at 5 on Think Radio, or download it as a podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Michael Guidry. Lows are expected to reach single digits tonight, and the temps could remain low until Wednesday. In some parts of the state, ice is already covering roadways. Our Kobe Vance speaks with Allie Jasper, Public Information Officer with the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency, about ways folks can stay safe and warm during this cold snap. It is going to be dangerously cold, and it's going to be dangerously cold for almost two full days. So we're asking people to know how to dress for that cold weather, layer up, make sure that none of your skin is getting exposed to the weather. If you are outside or do have to be outside for long periods of time, check on people who are vulnerable, um, adults and infants, um, older adults especially who may be homebound. Um, Also, make sure that you are preparing now to have a place for your pets to go. Um, If it's too cold for you, it's definitely going to be too cold for those pets. Another worry that we have is power outages. With the precipitation that may be coming, we could have some trees falling and things like that. So if there is a prolonged power outage, are you prepared for that? Do you have a disaster go kit? Do you have a way to heat your home or get a little bit of heat in your home just to keep warm during that power outage? Those are the main things that we're asking people to prepare for now. Now, if somebody you know has, say, an electric heater of some kind and they lose power or if they don't have a source of heat at all in their home, what are ways that y'all say are effective and safe for heating a home? Well, insulate your home. You can roll up a towel and put it on the base of exterior doors and windows just to kind of keep that cool air out. Close your curtains when it's dark. Um, let the sun in if it's not. You can capture body heat. Uh, move everyone to one room if you must do that. Um, also, you can use heaters, but just make sure that they are not up against anything that could cause them to burn or things like that. Don't use gas power stoves as a way to heat your home. That's really dangerous. Yeah, and I'd imagine that some types of burners can probably put off noxious and if not deadly fumes. Yeah, absolutely. And we just want people to be safe and make sure that they're preparing now. Keep extra blankets in your living rooms and bedrooms, wear plenty of clothing, things like that. Now, are there possibly warming shelters throughout the state that people might be able to go to if they need to seek somewhere that's warmer than their home? Yes, absolutely. There are warming shelters throughout the state. NEMA does not open or control those warming shelters. They are opened up on a city and countywide basis, but we do have a running list of shelters that are open across the state. You can find that on MSCMA.org. How important is it for people to stay warm? Like, What are some of the risks involved if they were to you know, get cold for a prolonged time? 
the two main risks are hypothermia and frostbite, and both of them can be really, really dangerous, especially hypothermia. So know the signs of that, um, just make sure that you are feeling okay and just stay inside if you don't have to be out in this weather. Speaking of being inside, I know some people still have to go to work uh, on Monday or Tuesday. Monday is a holiday for many people, though. What would be your advice for people who have to get out on the roads? Obviously, we cannot tell employers what to do, but we are prepared here to work remotely if need be. And we know that in the world we live in now, people have gotten really attuned to working remotely. So if that is an option at all, we recommend that you do that. If not, just be very careful on the roads. Of whatever precipitation we're looking at will likely freeze, so it can be very dangerous out there. So just go slow, um, make sure that you're paying attention to the road, and just be careful. Now, another thing, this is probably minor in the grand scheme of things, but it could be detrimental, is pipes. I imagine uh, people need to make sure that they are prepared to uh, prevent them from expanding and blowing during this cold snap. What would be some of the ways that people could do that effectively? I don't think that's a minor thing at all. That's a completely good thing to be worried about. It's going to be major. We are going to see some frozen pipes and some busted pipes. So make sure that you've already taken those initiatives to make sure that your home is ready. If you haven't, you can insulate your pipes by wrapping them with towels. Make sure you're making those pipes drip water from the faucets just a little bit. If you have sprinkler systems, turn those off. And there are different ways that you can um, insulate the outdoor pipes. Of course, there are spigot covers, but you can use towels and things like that to wrap around those as well if you don't have that. Uh, thinking back to the winter storm of 21, uh, there were some concerns from power companies asking people to conserve energy and try to keep their heat at lower and not necessarily pulling the full power all the time. Is that something that you expect power companies might be asking customers again this year? That is something that would come from the power companies themselves. Of course, MEMA doesn't make those decisions, but if, if that is something that happens, you would still be able to heat your home. Just don't do it excessively, things like that. Um, one more thing that I want to mention, when we do have power outages and things like that, people tend to maybe go into their garage to turn their car on to get some heat and charge their phones. That is dangerous. Make sure that you are not in your garage if you choose to do that. Pull it out and get into the open air so you don't have the risk of carbon monoxide poisoning and things like that. You can delay a load of laundry. Don't use your washer and dryer for a little bit. Put off the dishwasher for some time and other high-energy appliances. You can just avoid using those for a couple of days until we warm back up and our systems are running back efficiently. You spoke on this earlier, but there are some p things that people also need to consider outside of their, their immediate family. They have uh, loved ones that might be older, uh, and they also have pets. What are your all's advice for those? Check on them at least once a day, maybe two. If you know of a warming shelter nearby, you may want to make plans to get your older adult friends or family in those warming shelters. If it is too cold for you outside, it is too cold for your pets. Either have a home with plenty of blankets or hay and food for them to be in or just bring them inside so that they can stay warm as well. This is dangerously cold weather, and they are at risk if they are left outside. Alan Jasper is a public information officer with the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Coming up on this state holiday... Mississippi officially recognizes two iconic figures, one a civil rights leader, the other a Confederate general. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, host of The Original Southern Remedy, the show where I answer your medical questions. Subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on any podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Michael Guidry. Today, the nation honors and remembers the Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr., the civil rights icon was assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee in 1968 after a lifetime of work fighting to secure and preserve political and economic opportunities for black Americans. His activism played a pivotal role in the passing of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, and the Fair Housing Act of 1968. In 1983, Congress and President Ronald Reagan passed legislation adopting his birthday, January 15th, as a national holiday. It was first observed in 1986. But such recognition did not come without resistance. In a number of states, Mississippi included, the month of January was already reserved for the recognition of another man, one whose cause rests in direct conflict with that of Martin Luther King, Jr., The bill establishing Robert E. Lee's birthday as a legal state holiday in Mississippi is short. The full body of it is 38 words in total and reads, Be it enacted by the legislature of the state of Mississippi that January 19th, the birthday of our beloved Confederate chieftain and Southern hero, General Robert E. Lee, be made a legal holiday through the state of Mississippi. There are really two things happening in terms of the historical context of Mississippi in 1910. That's Robert Luckett, professor of history and director of the Margaret Walker Center at Jackson State University. We think about the Mississippi Constitution of 1890 that's going to create disfranchisement clauses, poll taxes. Um, you have residency requirements for voting. It's going to lead to the mass disfranchisement uh, of African Americans in Mississippi. And the thing that's important to know is that black Mississippians were the majority of the population, by, by a lot. One of those factors, according to Luckett, is the return to power by wealthy whites post-Reconstruction. You had black-owned uh, businesses. You had black-owned banks across the state. You had African-Americans engaging politics. We had two black U.S. senators from Mississippi. They're establishing schools like Jackson State, right? They are in, engaging commerce and community and fraternal organizations and churches. And there's this real expression of, of agency, of, of a black power, that the Constitution of 1890 seeks to wipe out the adoption of Robert E. Lee Day as a state holiday comes 20 years after the adoption of the Constitution of 1890. And the memorialization of Lee during this time coincides with what Luckett says is the second main factor. Confederate veterans are aging and they're dying. And so there is, in the early 20th century, this explosion of memorializing Confederate veterans. By the early 20th century, Groups like Sons of Confederate Veterans and Daughters of the Confederacy begin to preserve the legacy of the antebellum South. And through those efforts, Lee emerges as a hero figure. The South, the fight to preserve slavery, this was the, the wrong side of history in terms of uh, morally speaking. At the same time in this era of erecting these monuments and, and memorializing Confederate veterans, 
there's also the surgence of what we call lost cause memory. And it is the lost cause of the white South and of the Confederacy and this, you know, kind of glorification of some kind of Southern ideal. That mythology is exploding and in some ways in 1910 becoming written as history, right, and becoming the narrative. And in that sense, in the lost cause narrative of the American South, Robert E. Lee is a great hero, right? Because even though he lost, he led that cause and there was there's, there's this latching onto him as some kind of great nobility in who he was. Lee's birthday stood alone as a state holiday in Mississippi until 1987. Four years prior, Congress and President Reagan made the birthday of civil rights hero Martin Luther King Jr. a national holiday. Roughly one-third of the states had already passed legislation naming a state holiday after King. Following the creation of the federal holiday, other states began to follow suit. For the Mississippi legislature, the adoption of an MLK Day required compromise. Senator Hillman Frazier filed the bill that would establish a state holiday. But as current House Minority Leader Robert Johnson tells us, it came with concessions. Hillman Frazier and everybody else had a, an equally or harder time convincing the leadership in this legislature to rec- recognize Martin Luther King. Okay, we'll give you Martin Luther King's birthday, but we got to have Robert E. Lee. It's going to be on the same day. It's, it's like if we don't want to do it, but if you're going to do it, this is how we're going to do it. And how do you feel about that? And somebody had the wisdom to say, if that's all we can get, we'll take it. For the better parts of two legislative terms, Kabir Kareem, a Democratic state representative from Lowndes County, has filed a bill seeking to sever Lee from the annual remembrance of Martin Luther King. Under the leadership of Republican Philip Gunn, it never made it out of committee. I have garnered support from uh, the Black Caucus as well as the Democratic caucus with our minority uh, chair. And I'm optimistic about our new leadership. I've had a discussion, an in-depth discussion with him about this particular legislation, and I didn't get a no. I didn't get a yes. I got a let's talk about it more. And that's a little farther than what I've been getting in the past. MPB made multiple attempts to get a comment from House Speaker Jason White, gun successor, verbal or written. None were successful. Here is House Speaker Pro Tem, Manley Barton, when asked if he would support such an effort. I hadn't really thought a lot about it. Um, I'd, have to, I'd have to think about that. I, no, I, I don't have a problem with that. I just, uh, you know, it is what it is. This year, like the 36 years before it, the two men will share a holiday in Mississippi. And as the state, its people, and its leaders continues to confront its difficult past, questions remain. How does Mississippi reconcile the celebration of two individuals on the opposite spectrum of freedom and equality? How can its leaders live up to their promises to serve all Mississippians? It's low-hanging fruit. And um, I think that, you know, if the speaker and the lieutenant governor and the governor are true to their Uh, ceremonial speeches that they gave. Uh, This is low-hanging fruit where we can have some bipartisan support and uh, change the outlook on Mississippi. I don't reconcile it. I don't don't celebrate anything Confederate. I don't celebrate anything about the South during the Civil War. Uh, I I recognize Martin Luther King's birthday. Uh, I don't even think about the fact that it's Robert E. Lee's birthday, except 
to note that it's it's uh, it's an insult and, and and a gross irony that we have them both on the same day. The the people that we see as the heroes we want to immortalize are are, are changing, but how do we deal with it now? With honest conversations. We have these types of conversations. Who was Robert E. Lee? As a historian, I fully believe we have to be honest about that past and that history and be open to having those conversations in relation to someone like Dr. Martin Luther King. As important as it is to remove that holiday, it's, it's, it's uh, far more egregious that we do not provide the kind of public state support for areas where African Americans live and work and try to work that we ought to. And so I don't mean that I don't, I don't care about it. What I, well, I guess what I'm saying is what Martin Luther King died fighting for were equal rights, equal pay, economic equality. And I still got that to do. And let's be clear, Robert E. Lee Day is a state holiday. Martin Luther King Day is a federal holiday. The nation recognizes Dr. Martin Luther King, who also is immortalized not just because of his leadership and his service, but because he was assassinated in the pursuit of demanding that this nation live up to its ideals. In any relationship, if you love me, show me. This is another one of those historical, pivotal moments in our state where we can really show the rest of the country, as well as the world, that Mississippi is progressive and uh, we are changing from some of our dark past. It takes time for these things to evolve and change. So, yes, I think this can be one of the dominoes that we see change and probably change, I think, in the not too distant future. And I'm hopeful that as as a state and as a nation, we are increasingly mindful of the the people, the the moments, the the history that we deem most pertinent to who we are as Americans. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stay tuned for special Martin Luther King Jr. Day programming from MPB Think Radio and NPR. I'm Michael Guidry. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition here on MPB Think Radio.